It is the single most interesting and insightful personality test in my humble opinion. What is it? It's the Enneagram. In the most basic terms, the Enneagram assessment fits you into one of nine types. Each of these nine types has a unique set of personality traits, strengths, weaknesses, and you guys, it is freakishly accurate. The first time I took the test, my mind was so blown that I started passing the test around to all of my friends and family members, and learning their Enneagram types has become an incredibly insightful way to understand their perspective on the world. It's been over a year now, and having this emotional intelligence about the people around me has stuck with me. It's given me insight into not only myself and how I am wired, but it's also given me insight into my relationships with family and friends, into my marriage, and also my professional relationships. While the findings of the Enneagram have stuck with me, I've also grown a slight obsession with it. I need to tell you that for this reason, it is unlike any of the other personality tests that I've come across. In this episode, a very special guest and Enneagram guru, Krista McNally, is going to unearth for us the magic of the Enneagram. What characterizes each Enneagram type, how to discover your type, and how to leverage this knowledge in your business and in your relationships. I've linked the Enneagram assessment that I used in the show notes, so if you don't already know your Enneagram type, head over to kellylawson.ca slash 030 or kellylawson.ca slash Enneagram to find out what it is. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy and you can go find out what your type is after the episode. You are about 45 minutes away from understanding on a deeper level why you are the person you are and how this knowledge can transform your life. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Krista. Welcome to the show. You have no idea how excited I am to talk to you all about the Enneagram today. Hey, Kelly. Good to be here. So I stumbled upon the Enneagram probably about a year ago, and it has changed things for me. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to hopefully get a little deeper insight into the Enneagram. And if they're just learning about it for the first time, oh my goodness, prepare for your mind to be a little bit blown because this personality tool is definitely super cool. So Krista, why don't we start with how you came to be an Enneagram expert and how this sort of took over your life? (laughs) Okay, that is like a perfect way of phrasing it because it totally has taken over my life. And I don't know about you, but like through the course of my career and my life and my interests, I tend to be someone who like jumps from thing to thing. And the Enneagram is the one thing that has been consistent throughout. It's like, I haven't gotten sick of it. I don't intend to get sick of it. You know, like it truly is a foundational piece of the way that I live. And I guess my route to getting there was... 
I started university by studying, I was very into the environment because, you know, as a, a young 20 year old, or I guess in my late teens, I genuinely wanted to like contribute to the world and save the earth and the planet. So that's what I studied in university. And I continued on to get my master's of science in renewable resources, thinking that this is how I could positively impact the world. After working a few years in that industry, I was like, I cannot do this. This is soul sucking. I'm not actually making any changes in a way that felt soul filling. So then I decided to go back to school for nutritional therapy. And that was all about using food as medicine. And that was a really direct way for me to have a conversation with someone, know what they're going through, make changes to their diet and see that positive impact, you know? So that was feeling really good to me. After a few years of that, I realized, okay, I'm kind of getting tired of talking to people about the food on their plate and meal planning and grocery store lists. I was more curious about their mindset and what was happening in their inner world and their relationships and things like that. And I discovered there was a discipline called coaching. And I was like, oh, what is this coaching stuff? (laughs) So then I got my certificate to be a professional coach, which kind of coincided with my learning of the Enneagram about six years ago. I had a mentor who was the CEO of a North American company, and he used the Enneagram as part of his company culture. So everyone who was at the retail level, all the way up to the leadership teams, they used the Enneagram, they knew their Enneagram, they knew each other's Enneagram, and that's how they ran their company with this basis and knowledge of themselves and each other. So back to the I guess, relationship side of the Enneagram. As a type three and with a husband as a type eight, I suddenly feel more aware of how he expends his energy. So for example, and this probably happened this morning or if not yesterday morning. So just as an example, if his coffee maker runs out of coffee beans, he's very like explicitly or verbally upset by that. And so from my point of view, I'm like, you're spending angry energy or you're putting angry energy into the world unnecessarily. Like, I guess as a type three, I'm like, fill the coffee maker with beans, problem solved, move on kind of thing. So can you talk a little bit to the awareness of that energy? Okay, so you literally hit the nail on the head when you're saying that angry energy, because the people in the body center, so our eight nines and ones, they experience anger under stress compared to us in the heart center, we experience shame and guilt. So if we didn't have the coffee beans, we might go into something like, oh man, I suck, you know, like (laughs) instead of getting verbally loud. And then our head types, they experience fear under stress. So if there was no coffee beans, they might be like, oh my God, will there be coffee beans at the store? What if there aren't any when I get there? Will I get to have my coffee? You know, like kind of that fearful. Or like, what is my day going to look like without caffeine in my system? How am I going to get through this day? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is just super incredibly insightful. So I feel like that's something that moving forward, if you know personality types, you know how they're going to respond to certain things. And it sounds like heart types are going to internalize 
head types are going to become fearful and then body types are going to respond with anger. And that just like makes a lot of sense now knowing people that are those types. If there's listeners who don't know what the Enneagram is, they're most likely familiar with some of these other personality tests that are used in a business context. So first, can you sort of describe what makes the Enneagram a little bit different than some of these more better known or more popular personality tests that are on the market? So totally. The Enneagram is, in my opinion, the best personality test because it doesn't put you in a box and keep you there. It's a very fluid system. So there's nine Enneagram types. I interchange the word type and energies. So you'll hear me say both. And you as an individual have all nine of these energies within you. It's a matter of discovering kind of what percentage of each one makes you you to figure out your unique blueprint. So the thing with this, though, compared to the other tests, so like the Myers-Briggs is a popular one, DISC and Colors, these are some of the more traditional ones that people will get in the workplace because companies can send a test to their employers and say, take this test, and then they're given the output with the results all beautifully laid out and like, this is who you are. The Enneagram is not quite like that in the sense that there's not one standardized test Like, yes, you can go online and there are tests available and they are a great starting point for people, but, and I don't often use the word but, but I'm going (laughs) to use it here, but it's not the be all end all. I'd encourage people to just use that as the starting point of exploring the energies that come up on top. Because again, what makes the Enneagram different is it's not a science it's an art. So you kind of have to sit with it and read about it and dive into it instead of taking a test and being told this is who you are. I get it because I think there's definitely a process of self-reflection and self-discovery. And I know I've watched other people go through this process much like I have, and you begin to actually identify as your most, I guess, predominant Enneagram energy type. So it very much becomes if you fall into it the way that I have, like it very much becomes a part of your identity. Is that true? Oh, totally. Because not only does it become a part of your identity, it's just the best way to recognize like your habits and patterns in your life. And then hopefully you can get the people closest to you in your life on board. And it becomes a language that you can use to communicate and better understand each other. Like it was a game changer for my husband and I. I want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across. I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose. Most of the time after one wash, they would pill and tear. And honestly, it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them. Then came Sheertex. The strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box. Their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market. They actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X, and use the code kellyslawson10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. 
So now that brings me to the next question, and that's about the utility of something like the Enneagram in a business setting. How does that work? What does that look like? Okay, so this can go in so many ways. If you run a business yourself, so it always starts with you, you know, you got to know yourself, figure out your type. That's the starting point. Then step two is if you are working with clients one-on-one, it's an amazing tool to have introduced to them because then you understand the lens that they view the world through, which is probably different than their own. So for example, myself as a coach, if I have someone who is, well, I'll use an Enneagram 3 because I know that's the energy you resonate with. <laughs> if I have an Enneagram 3, I'm going to coach them way differently than I would an Enneagram, let's say, 6. Because the 3s, your natural tendencies, the way your brain is wired, is that you feel loved, you feel good, you feel successful when you set a goal and you hit it. Your worth is kind of in that pattern of, accomplishment, achieving, that is where you get your sense of worth from. So with threes, I don't tend to coach around this whole set a goal and hit it method because what the threes really need to learn is about their worth is just by them existing. It's not about what they do, what they're putting out there. It's just recognizing their own enoughness. You gave me goosebumps when you described that. So just before we hit record for listeners, I was chatting with Krista and I said, you know, da, 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 and I'm a type three. And she sat back and she was like, I know. (laughs) So I think the other really interesting thing about Enneagram is that once you're like, and I'm the margarine of, (laughs) of like understanding what the Enneagram is and means and the depth and breadth of all of those things. But since I've kind of gotten into it, I'm now at the point where I, meet new people and I kind of go like, I think that they're a one. I think that they might be a nine. And so I can see now too where it starts to kind of drive your perspective of other people as well and trying to understand their energy. And I love that you said, if you can get other people on board, then you can start to communicate in this new way. So when I first came across the Enneagram and it really resonated with me, I was making everybody take this little online test. So I had a tablet in my living room and we'd sit around with all of our friends and I'd be like, okay, we're having great conversation here, but I need everybody to take a couple of minutes to do this test because I need to know what everybody is. And I did it over and over and it just continuously blew my mind. And in my mind, I was like, I think they're an eight. And the majority of my friends are an eight, which is interesting that those are the personality types that I tend to be attracted to, I guess. But I think my next question is around the Enneagram with relationships. And you started to talk about what a game changer it was for you and your husband. So can you talk a little bit more about the Enneagram and how it plays into relationships? Yes. Okay. So I'm obsessed with this aspect of using the Enneagram for relationships. So I had been with my husband for 10 years. Like, obviously I knew him, you know, we were together for so long, but it wasn't, or I'm catching myself. I don't want to say but. And (laughs) I only truly understood him once I knew his Enneagram type because the way he sees the world and his little idiosyncrasies that would like admittedly drive me insane, the way he would sometimes react to things. And in my mind, he was blowing things out of proportion and like being dramatic. And I'm like, what is going on here? 
once I learned about his Enneagram type and that is, it's literally the way his brain is wired and that there are a bunch more people in the world who share that Enneagram type and experience life the way he does. It just brought so much more compassion, both from me to him and him to me. So other example is like, so my main energy is the type two known as the helper. And under stress, I can take on that unhealthy energy of the type eight. So what that looks like for me is I can have like a very bitchy comment. I snap, I lose my temper quickly. Like, and usually I'm pretty chill, mellow, but under stress, I can snap like that. So he can now say to me, you're slipping into that unhealthy eight energy instead of saying you're being crazy, calm down. And just having that language of like, just be mindful you're going into that unhealthy eight. Like it's such a great communication tool and a way to keep each other on check and in balance. Yes, I love it. So my Enneagram type is a type three, and we're going to get into what each type is in just a second. But my Enneagram type is a type three, which is the achiever with a type nine wing, which the nine is the peacekeeper. Am I right? Yes. Ish. (laughs) And again, we're going to get into what each type is in just a second. But one of my business coaches will catch me Nining out is how she says it. She'll say, you're nining out on me right now. And for her to be able to say that to me is so powerful because we immediately both know what that means without any further explanation. And it's something that I need to work on. And it's something that I continuously need to work on. But even just that awareness of nining out is so powerful for me and my personal development and all of those things. So why don't we get into what each type is so that we don't lose people that don't know the different types. And I would love to hear sort of your explanation of each different type. And I've heard you before talk about sort of that lost childhood message that comes with it. And I feel like that is going to really resonate with listeners. So can we dig into that now? Totally. The one thing before we move on, I just want to So your three, if your core type is a three, your wing has to be to the immediate side of that core type. So for you, your wing would have to be a two or a four. Okay. However, the three, you have a direct line. Like, so I would encourage your listeners, like there's a beautiful symbol that goes with the Enneagram. If they look at that symbol, there's a direct line from the three to the nine. And that's where your nine energy is coming in. So you can take on that nine energy at stressed or at your best. Oh, interesting. Okay. I've just learned something that I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that the wings is right next to your immediate energy. Okay. So we may need to like reassess what my Enneagram type is because this whole time I thought my understanding when I took the test, it showed all the different. So for listeners who have or haven't taken the test, typically what happens is it outlines the nine types and then it gives you like a percentage of each type. And then the one with the highest percentage, which for me was the three, the type three became my type. Is that correct? And then each other type had a percentage. So some higher than others. And then my second highest percentage was the nine. So then I assumed that I went three with a nine wing, but it sounds like it's more complicated than that. It's a little more complicated. I mean, you're likely a three, a core three with a lot of nine energy. And again, you have that arrow, that path that you take on the nine energy easily. Kind of like how I was saying as a two, I can slip into that eight energy because I have the direct path to the eight. I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual groundhog day. 
Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre-planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. We'll definitely make sure that we put the symbol in the show notes as well so people can look and see what it is that we're talking about. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit more too, because that's something that I didn't understand until right now. But first, can we talk about the nine types? Yes, totally. Okay, so I'm going to do this in a way that might throw people off because as I mentioned, we talked about how there's nine energies. And I'm not going to start at number one. Okay. I'm going to start at number eight. And the reason for that is that the Enneagram is made up of three different centers of intelligence, which are the body, our heart, and our head. The body center starts with the type eight. And that's where I want to start because we're going to start with the body, which then will build in the heart and then the head. Okay. Okay. So starting with our type eight. And when you look online, you're going to see different labels and names for each type. So I'm just going to give you the ones that I use. So the eights are known as the defender. And the other thing I'm just going to say about this, I'm not going to give you a list of traits. I'm going to talk about motivations because this is a personality assessment all around motivations. So what motivates the eights in their day-to-day decisions is that they are all about protecting themselves and their inner circle. So these are the people in our life who can have like a tough exterior up for the world to see. And yet if you are in that inner circle or get to know them, then you will see how big their heart is. What the eight... My husband is an eight and it's just crazy how you're describing him, but that's exactly... He's an eight right through through and through. (laughs) That's beautiful. Okay, so then I'm sure you probably see within him too, like the motivation of the eight of what they move away from. They don't want to be seen as weak or vulnerable or at the mercy of others. And that's where their desire to be like, have control and in power. That's where that comes from. And what is the lost childhood message of an eight? The lost childhood message for the eight is that you will not be betrayed. So they did not receive that message. The message that they did unconsciously receive. So again, it's not like our parents or our caretakers did this to us on purpose. It's just like whether it was real or a perceived trauma, this is what came to be for the eight. So what they unconsciously received is that it's not okay to be vulnerable or to trust anyone. Which I like, I can actually feel tears come up when I think of that. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that's a tough one. And it's interesting because, like I said, A lot of my friends are, for whatever reason, I gravitate toward eights. When I passed the tablet around the room with a group of friends, there was eight of us in the room, and I think all but two were eights predominantly. Wow. (laughs) 
And we have really amazing, (laughs) passionate, heated discussions in our living room with this group of friends. So I think that's partially why. I think there's something inside of eights that's very passionate and they defend their points really well. And they also... And this is just my perspective. I might be wrong about this with eights, but you know they're passionate about their beliefs, but they're also very open to hearing the perspective of others and can potentially change their perspective based on that. Totally. And one thing I will just say, so eights and threes and sevens, so like those three numbers on the Enneagram, you're all in the, what we would say, the assertive bracket. So you are very passionate. You say how you feel. You're very clear and concise with your opinion. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that you're having these intense conversations because you have that assertive energy in a group like with eights and threes. Yeah, we have a good time. And the nice thing about it is that I don't know if this is a three thing or not, (laughs) or like maybe it's like part of the nine thing, but I know that they're going to carry a conversation whether or not I'm in the room. So often when we're hosting, you know, I'll be like getting snacks ready or whatever, kind of just sitting and taking it all in. And the conversation just happens from the moment they all walk in the door until they walk out the door. There's lots of good, passionate conversation happening. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So our nines... These are the people in our life known as the moderator or the peacemaker. So what motivates the nine is to have that inner stability and peace of mind. What they move away from is that like they want to avoid conflict and they don't want to lose connection with others. So that's where like this point of view of keeping the peace and harmony comes in. And the lost childhood message for our nines is your presence matters. The unconscious childhood message that they receive is it's not okay to assert yourself. And again, it's just like these childhood message things, like it breaks my heart. Like we all are going through life with these thoughts and stories that aren't even true, you know? Absolutely. I'd be interested to know if just curious. I'd be interested to know if women tend to be more on the nine side of energy. Because when I think back to my own experiences, I think it was would often be related to, I guess, sort of some of my beliefs about where my voice belonged in a workplace and things like that, just based on gender and things like that. But I can definitely, like when you put it like that and knowing that I scored high on the nine energy, I can definitely think of experiences throughout life that would point to that, I guess, like subconscious message. Totally. Yeah. And you'll see how it relates to the three too. So that will hopefully be wrapped in. Our ones, these are the people in our life who are known as the judge or the idealist or the reformer. So what motivates our type ones is wanting to get things done correctly, all while having integrity. They're not wanting to do things correctly in a sense of like, I am better than you. It's just that they genuinely don't want to make a mistake. Our ones tend to see things as black or white, what's right or wrong, and have super high standards of inner perfection. And so their lost childhood message was you are good and the unconscious message that they received is that it's not okay to make mistakes yeah I have two friends that are they're married and they're both ones 
And yeah, like I know when you put it like that, it does, it makes me teary because I, I picture, you know, one of my best friends is a one and I picture little her <laughs> getting that message. And it, it is heartbreaking because, you know, that none of these things are true, but somehow these people take these messages with them and, and believe that to be true. But what was cute about my friend and her husband, who are both type ones, when we had them at the house, the first thing that they did when we finished our meal, they both stood up and started to load the dishwasher. And <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 like, leave that. That's, we don't need to do that right now. Like, we're, we're enjoying our conversation and it's fine. And this is like, just sit here and talk. Like, we'll deal with the dishes tomorrow. Like, I don't care. I would rather be spending time with you. They both live in Halifax. And so... Anyway, the, when I passed around the tablet later that night, we learned that they were type one. And I thought, okay, now that makes a little more sense. Like you needed to, the meal was finished, the dishes needed to be put away. And then from there, <laughs> we could carry on enjoying the conversation. And I guess maybe that was kind of the, the system that they have at home. So they needed to continue to follow that system. You're probably bang on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So those three were our body types. By body, it means like our eights, nines, and ones, they get this like body hit, a gut hit when it comes to making decisions. Like that's what they're listening to. So what we're going to move into now is the heart center. So the people who are using their hearts and their feelings as the main way of making decisions. So our type twos, these are the people in our life who are known as the helper, the provider, the giver. What motivates them is that they want to be appreciated, loved, and wanted. What they're moving away from is being rejected or dispensable. So twos are very others-focused and are always considering like what the needs of others are and how they can meet them. The lost childhood message of the two is you are wanted And the unconscious message they received is, it's not okay to have your own needs. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's heartbreaking. That's a heartbreaking message. (laughs) And they all, like, again, just going through all of these, they all are, you know. And it's just as best as our parents tried, or if you're a parent yourself, you're doing your best. We don't know what sets off our children to receive these things. It's kind of out of our control. Like maybe, yes, you might think of a specific example in your life. And at the same time, there were lots of things that contributed to this. Because these are Enneagram types are our coping mechanisms. That's what it is. Absolutely. All right. So our type threes are known as the achievers or the doers. And what motivates the threes are being and appearing successful, generally wanting to have a high status. So what our threes move away from is they don't want to be viewed as incompetent, inefficient, or unsuccessful. So they're super drawn to having tasks, goals, and things to do so they can set out and do it. And that's no problem for threes. They they know how to get stuff done. Have you guys seen my new website? It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be, and you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a tonic site. Until I discovered tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. 
iconic sites are completely customizable, they're code-free, and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today, I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%, that's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash tonic site to find your perfect site and use the code Kelly Lawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. When I first took the online Enneagram test that I took and three jumped out at the top, I went, okay, I'm a three. And without fully understanding what it was, I would just kind of went like, cool, that's cool. And I would kind of tell people that. And then when I dug into what the description was, I didn't like it. I didn't like the description. So I took the test again and tried to change my answers a little bit. And I think when I did that, the nine came to the top. But then I realized, hang on a second, (laughs) that was very three of me to be so concerned about what people would think about me as a three and then redoing it. And so when I kind of made that (laughs) conscious realization, I was like, okay, like that's silly of me. And so I took it again and again and again. And three came to the top every time, as long as I was being honest with myself. (laughs) I am so happy you mentioned this because this is a big clue of what your core type is going to be is when you read it and you're like, oh shit, I (laughs) do not like the way this sounds. (laughs) Yeah. Every time when I talk about the type two, which is my core energy, I hate talking about it because like uh, yeah, I, I don't like what my type <laughs> motivates me, you know, like it's embarrassing. And so that's a very good clue if, to find your core type if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, is how you respond to it for sure. Yeah. And then when you mentioned that a type three is very driven by goals, knowing that has changed everything for me. And like, you know, I'm in a course right now, for example, where I'm creating an evergreen funnel for one of my digital courses. And every week they say, did you hit your three goals today? This week, sorry, I should say. And I had to start tuning that out because on the days that or on the weeks that I didn't get to those three goals, it was like the world was going to end. And so knowing that I couldn't necessarily get those to those three goals every week, especially right now during busy photography season, I had to start turning off those notifications because they were crippling me. Okay, that makes me so excited. And that's a beautiful application of this awareness using the Enneagram because for some people, like for people with the core nine energy who need that motivation, they need an extra push. Having those three goals per week is probably really useful. For someone like you, it just adds to the untruth of who you are and what is valuable. So I'm excited for you and good for you for recognizing that. Yeah, thank you. But then on, on the other hand, the nine within is like, yes, like I need the I need these goals to keep the momentum going. But it's it's a very seasonal thing for me right now. My my time is limited because photography is very busy right now. But in the slower months, I definitely will appreciate having like the set your three goals and that'll keep me going through the winter months for sure. So what's the lost childhood message of a number three? You are loved for yourself. And the unconscious message that you did receive is it's not okay to have your own feelings and identity. How does that learn for you? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I don't, it definitely resonates. I'd probably have to do some like 
deep searching to find out where that came from. But yeah, that's, it's definitely true. Like it definitely is something that I feel throughout life (laughs) for sure. And it's something that I would say I struggle with day to day too. And I think in, you know, modern times, social media, all the personal branding, all that stuff kind of meddles with it as well. Oh, all these beautiful types and what they're going through. Just, yeah, totally feel it. And again, can have such compassion for it, you know, because I can look at you as an outsider and say like, okay, it's not true, but it's your true experience. So yeah. 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 All right. So our type fours, these are the people in our life that are known as the idealist or the romantic and sometimes the creative. And what motivates our type four is being unique and appearing authentic. So what they move away from is being inadequate, defective, or flawed. They kind of feel that way on the inside, that they think something is really different about them. They don't fit into like what society wants and they're just trying to navigate like being authentic when they feel that they have this deep inner flaw. And their lost childhood message was you are seen for who you are. The unconscious message that they received is it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. Wow. Yes. That's a heavy one to carry around. Totally. So now we'll move into our head types. So the next three are the five, six, and seven, and their main center of intelligence, like the one that comes most naturally to use them, is that head energy. So our type fives are known as the observer. And what motivates them is being capable, competent, and self-sufficient. And the way they do that is through facts and research. And they want to have the quote-unquote truth from information. And that's what makes them feel safe. So what they move away from is like they don't want to not have the knowledge or the answer and they want to be that person who can show the book or the study that gives people the correct answer. So for our fives, the lost childhood message was your needs are not a problem. And the unconscious message they did receive is it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. It's interesting. Two of my friends that were part of that group, the only two that weren't predominantly type eights, their top energies were five and seven, identical profiles, two like separate people with almost identical profiles. And they're the ones who often sit very quietly in the room when the eights are kind of, and, and I guess myself as a three are kind of having our discussion. They sit quietly. Okay, so that would be a big clue for me to say that they're likely more five dominant because as we'll get to our sevens and they tend to be a little more people oriented and extroverted, whereas the fives will be the ones who sit back more withdrawn, I would say. All right, so our sixes are known as the loyalist and these are the people in our life who are very motivated by having this sense of security and guidance and support. And what that means is that if you have someone in your life who is always asking you for your opinion and it's hard for them to come to a conclusion on their own, they're seeking certainty outside of themselves. 
And this is a key characteristic of the six, like always asking others for their opinions and not fully trusting their self. Their lost childhood message is you are safe. The unconscious message they received is it's not okay to trust yourself. Hmm. Our sevens, these are the people in our life known as the enthusiast. And what motivates them is the future, being fully satisfied and content and having fun things ahead. So what they move away from is this feeling of being bored or deprived or limited. Our sevens always want to have something on the go. Deep down, the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to tap into like their pain or their sadness. So they kind of just always have that fun thing to look forward to. So the sevens sound like the ones who are always making the plans, which I feel like it's always good to have a seven in your circle, especially if you like have a nine tendency, because as a person who also identifies as a bit of a nine, like I'm not the person that makes the weekend plans for the group of friends to go do, but I definitely love benefiting from the people who will say like, hey, let's get together and do this thing. (laughs) And so I think those are maybe our sevens. A hundred percent. And I'll just share. So in... Another business of mine, my business partner, she's a seven. And this business is all about events and gathering women and stuff like that. So being a seven and her in this role, it's literally perfect for her because she's always planning and thinking ahead and all these things. And at the same time, the gift of the Enneagram is that we know that she's always thinking of the next thing, wants to add more and like a, a very big dreamer. So since we know that information about her, We can both look at the calendar ahead and be like, okay, where have we put too much on our plate? Where can we cut back a bit? Where is too much of your seven energy coming in? So again, a business context between two business partners of how the Enneagram really makes us see if we're taking on too much or what. Right. And or if you're tapping into like kind of your special power or what energizes you on the other. Yeah, it's like tapping into that special power and keeping it in check. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Both very important. Yeah. And so the lost childhood message for the sevens is you will be taken care of. And the unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. It's a very independent type. Yes. Okay. So I feel like we kind of flew through that, but yeah, those are our nine energies. Amazing. So for any listeners who don't know what their type is, do you have a resource that you recommend that they visit to get started with learning a little bit more about themselves that we could include in the show notes? Yes, totally. I'll provide a worksheet that allows people to read through these nine energies and go through a a ranking exercise to see themselves. And if you're like me, all of your friends and all of your coworkers, like just have it bookmarked on your tablet so you can pass it around at any social event that you're at. (laughs) It's really helpful. It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. 
I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash mystyle. I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. So I'm wondering a little bit, if you can talk a little bit to the origin of the Enneagram. How long has it been around for? Where did it come from? Why am I just learning about it when I'm, well, I learned about it a couple of years ago, but I'm currently 40. Like, why did it take me this long to know about the Enneagram? Where did it come from? Yes. Okay. So the Enneagram started in a more of a philosophical way. So it was this man named Gurdjieff who developed the symbol. And again, like, I just want to encourage people to go to the show notes to look at the symbol because it's beautiful, but I'll describe it here quickly. So it's a circle with an inner triangle and then a seven point hexate, it's called. That in itself, it's a sacred symbol. So the circle represents the law of one, the triangle is the law of three, and the hexate is the law of seven. So I'm just saying this because this is just like a deeper, richer layer of the Enneagram that if you're curious, we can get into, or your listeners can research it a bit more, reach out to me and I'd be happy to explain it. But so anyway, this man, Gurdjieff, he developed that symbol. It wasn't the Enneagram as we know it of personality. He was just talking about it more energetically and how these laws all worked together. It was in the 1900s that a psychologist in Chile then added the personalities to the Enneagram. And from there, his work was then brought to the U.S. in the 1960s, where it got further developed into this Enneagram of personality. And so, so don't worry, it's still like a pretty recent system of being brought to North America and the Western world. So that's kind of where it started. Very interesting. So we'll make sure that we include the symbol in the show notes so people can have a look at it and also a link to your free resource to get started with discovering your Enneagram type. I'm wondering if as a send-off, you can give listeners sort of one action item. I guess this comes from me being a type three, but I always finish off my shows with one action item that listeners can take today to get closer to understanding their Enneagram type. Yes. So the one thing that I want to suggest to people is to play around and start observing both within themselves and the people in their lives around the three centers of intelligence. So paying attention to body energy, heart energy, and head energy. And even that is going to give you a big clue of where people come from. It's to the point now where like I can go out for dinner and I can just tell from the energy of the server if they're in like that head, heart, or body center, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I would want people to play with, to just pick up on that energy. And again, we don't want to like tell people what their Enneagram type is or where they might land. And at the same time, it's just an exercise to play with the understanding of these three perspectives of where people are coming from. Very interesting. So one last question that you just made me think of, can we change Enneagram types? No. Okay. Our Enneagram type is basically in place by the time we're seven because they develop as a sort of coping mechanism for us to get through this world. Interesting. Krista, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your expertise on this topic. 
I would love to be able to sit down with a cup of tea and talk to you about this all day long. But I think that this is a really amazing start. And I hope that listeners are as interested in the Enneagram as I've been and that they'll move forward getting to know their personality type and the personality type of the people around them. Me too. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Kelly. I could seriously chat with Krista all day. She is just the kindest, loveliest type two I've ever known. Actually, now that I think about it, every type two I know is an incredibly selfless and caring individual that I want to spend all day long with. Okay, so if you haven't discovered your unique Enneagram type by now, don't wait another second. Head over to kellylawson.ca slash 030 or kellylawson.ca slash Enneagram and discover what your type is. And don't stop there. Pass it around to your friends and colleagues and have a conversation about your type and how it helps you to understand each other. I've posted some reflection questions in the show notes you can use to help your discussions, and I'm just so excited to hear all about how this exercise went for you. And I want to know your type. So hop over to Instagram and tell me at Kelly S. Lawson. And until next week, Workshop Warriors, keep slaying those beautiful goals of yours. Or wait, is that just a type three thing? (laughs) Okay, you get it. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.